G'day everyone and welcome back to the Livestock Layers podcast. It's Millie here, your host from the Livestock Collective. I'm stoked to announce that today's talent is Camille Camp, but you might know her as the Cattleman's Daughter. Camille grew up on a station in the West Kimberley called Kalyeda, and I want you to welcome Camille to this podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Camille. How are you today? Yeah, very well, thanks. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for joining us. Um, I want to start off and just get a bit of background on you. I'm sure you have many intriguing stories from your childhood in the West Kimberley. Can you tell us about it? Um, yeah, so I um, I grew up um, on Kalida Station. Um, my parents bought Kalida when I was about uh, six, so we moved out here then. Um, yeah, so grew up on a cattle station. Um, there wasn't much out here at the time. Um, it was very old school back then. Yeah, we were basically just living in swags to start off with. Uh, probably went to town or in the season not very often, so we'd be out here for pretty much the whole year by ourselves. Um, yeah, it was a really good upbringing. Spent a lot of time outdoors, spent a lot of time working with Dad on the station, um, and we did our schooling um, via School of the Air, which was back when it, had, when it was done through um, a radio rather than over the internet. So it was, yeah, it was a really good upbringing. Yeah, wow. Um, and you've got some siblings as well. Are they older or younger than you? So I've got an older sister, an older brother and a younger sister. Wow. And how old were you guys when you first went out to that station? Um, yeah, well, I was about seven, seven or uh, maybe about eight. And my younger sister, she was only a baby. She would have been uh, maybe even a bit younger than one. Um, and then my older sister's six years older than, oh, no, sorry, five years older than me, and my brother's four years older. So we're all fairly close, which made it real nice. Yeah, wow. Um, and so the whole property was bare. Like there was no infrastructure or anything. Didn't have cattle, didn't have, oh, there was a bit of fencing, but not much. Uh, there was no no homestead. Um, yeah, so there wasn't wasn't really anything here when we first came here. Wow, what a brave move by your parents. Were they both from properties? Mum wasn't. She was from New South Wales and she was a nurse when she met Dad. But Dad, um, yeah, he grew up on stations and working with cattle and his father was the same. So he comes from a family of cattlemen. Wow, I think this is a childhood that not many people can relate to and you must count yourself so lucky. It sounds like you've got given a, res- a lot of responsibility from a young age. But I want to hear about uh, School of the Air and joining through the radio. Yeah, it was, um, we think back now, like it's it seems real strange, but for us it was so normal. Um, so we just have our classes. So the the three of us older siblings would have our school classes at different times and we'd just have to turn on the radio and tune in. Um, uh, we did choir over the radio. We learnt recorder over the radio, um, which was oh really God. interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was good work. fun, though. <laughs> oh, you, everyone would just have to press their button at the same time, so you would you wouldn't actually hear what other people were singing or playing. But um, yeah, it was it, it was pretty interesting. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are you the only um, child still left on the property? Uh, are your other siblings involved still? So my brother's still out here. He's the station manager. He lives out here with his wife and two kids. Um, and then obviously mum and dad still live out here. And my sister's um, one's at uni and one works as a physio in Queensland. Do they get home much? Yes, they both come home uh, at least once a year, sometimes more. I did have the honour of meeting your sister, Wave. Uh, virtually she attended a Livestock Leaders Workshop as well and she's a vet, isn't she? Yeah, 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 she loved that course. Oh, good. Um, I want to. I'll get into the livestock leaders stuff later. But many of you, many uh, people know you as the cattleman's daughter. Tell us about how that grew on Instagram because you have so many followers and such great content, and you obviously have a story to share and an audience who wants to hear it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have so many followers. But how did that grow? Um, it just. It really just started. Um me just posting uh what we do out here on just which is pretty normal for us but um yeah it's just like anyone would post of you know photos of their life but mine just happened to be photos of a life on a cattle station and I was I was really late to Instagram I was sort of got it when it um yeah it, it had already been around for quite a few years but um yeah so I just started posting photos of life out here and um, people really enjoyed them. Um, I think it was because there aren't that many uh, pages around like mine. There's definitely more coming out now, which is great to see, but um, for people who are interested in life on the station and what we do, there wasn't any representation out there. So it just grew from that. Um, yeah, I don't really know how it got so big, um, but it's definitely good to see so much interest in our lifestyle and what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Was there a point in time where you went, wow, I'm getting a lot of followers here and or did it all just sort of gradually build up to what it is now? No, it was very gradual. Yeah, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't an overnight thing. It was just very gradual. Um, and it wasn't something that I actively went and um, tried to achieve. It was just, I just kept doing what I always did, which was just post photos of my life. Mm, yeah. And social media is obviously such a powerful tool and you've told such beautiful stories and your feed is amazing. But has it also uh, made you a little bit vulnerable to those people on social media that can be a, a bit nasty? Like, have you experienced online bullying? Um, I haven't ever actually experienced online uh, trolling or anything negative on my own page. I have experienced a little bit on, because I also run um, the Calida Station Instagram page, and there's been a little bit on that, but um, not very much at all. So I've been um very very lucky in that regard um yeah I've only ever received positive um comments and feedback on my own Instagram page wow that's 
yeah, beautiful to hear because you've got so many followers. With the one on Cal Yeda, like why do you do you, why do you think that was? Um, I just put up a photo, um, and I think maybe if you you looked at it from um, someone who doesn't know the whole story behind the photo, maybe someone obviously had issues with it. Yeah, so it was it was just the photo was taken out of context, but. Um, I am usually very careful with that kind of thing. Like I, if, if um, there's something I think people might um, take offence to, I explain why it is that we're doing it or, you know, what's going on in that photo and giving a bit of background generally um, clears all those problems up that people might see. Yeah, because that's important, isn't it? Making sure that we understand how people from the outside are looking at our industry, um, which brings me to the Livestock Leaders Workshop. Um, tell us about your involvement with that. You've been a livestock leader for over a year now and you're part of our pilot program with Wylan um, and you're yeah, part of such a good group that everyone's still so active. Um, tell us about your experience. Yeah, it was it was great. It was yeah, an amazing two days. Um, I was really lucky to be part of that pilot group, um, and the, the people that were in my group, I'm still friends with. And yeah, they, everyone was really inspirational, and I learned so much about the media and speaking and how to convey our message better, um, and the importance of conveying our message to the wider public. Yeah, so I learned a lot from those two days. Yeah, and have you been able to put some of that into practice? Yeah, definitely with um, public speaking. Um, I've done a few uh, presentations to like ag schools, which has been really good. Um, awesome. And then even with my own Instagram, I think, learning a bit more about how people perceive what you put out and... Um, the importance of getting your message across, like that's been really um, beneficial to my own Instagram page as well. Yeah, that's so great to hear. Tell us about your involvement with Wylan, the Young Livestock Exporters Network. So um, I joined Wylan, I think it was 2019 when I first met uh, Holly at was a Livestock Handling Cup. Um, so she gave a talk at that and I was really inspired by what she said and she mentioned Wylan, so I joined Wylan and I just got really involved. Um, they offered a lot of programs and I was just one of those people who applied for everything that they offered. Um, so I got to go to uh, live exchange in Townsville, which was a really good experience. A lot of really inspiring people. From that, I was encouraged to do uh, my onboard stock person course through LiveCorp. So I did that. And then um, at the start of 2020, before COVID hit in, obviously, I did a few voyages from Australia to Vietnam, um, which was a really good experience for me as a pastoralist. And then since then, I've just continued being involved with Wylan and I'm now on the committee. Um, yeah, it's a, great, it's a great group to be a part of. 
so great that you're able to jump on board a couple of vessels. Did you have some good experiences on there? Yeah, I did. I actually loved it. Um, I was I was a bit unsure how I would like it coming from a station going to um, a boat. Which the is water? I've never, I've never, <laughs> yeah, I'd never experienced. I'm so used to being able to go anywhere just and being outdoors all the time to being indoors and... Yeah, I wasn't quite sure how I'd handle it, but I I loved it because I was working with cattle all the time and I got to see what their journey is actually like from Australia to overseas countries. Yeah, so the cattle on your property are often destined for live export, are they? Yeah, about 80% of our sale cattle are um, sent live export. That's such an incredible experience. Were you able to come home and tell your brother and dad a few a few things about the trade? Yeah, yeah. I think dad was pretty pretty proud that I'd done that. Um, I think it's something he wished he'd been able to do. Um, yeah, I think it's something that's really that a lot of pastoralists should try and experience, at least experience once, um, just to see where, what their cattle actually go through and the, what the journey is actually like. Yeah, absolutely, get an insight to it. How are things looking um, at Calier at the moment? Um, so we're actually in the middle of our first round mustering at the moment. Um, so pretty pretty busy. Uh, I think we've got about another three weeks and then we'll be finished first round and then it kind of calms down a bit and then we do sow cattle and then go into second round. So. Yeah, it's pretty busy from about March to the end of November. Yeah, it's all happening. Do you love this time of year? Like, do you love being busy and mustering? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is my favourite time of the year. Yeah. And you love horses, I'm guessing? Yes, yeah, we use horses um, for pretty much all our musters. Um, we do have bikes as well, but horses predominantly. Um, so, yeah, we're very big, big on our horses out here. Yeah. And tell us about the country. Like, did you have a good wet season? Yeah, we actually had a really good wet season. Um, we got a few cyclones that came past, which just brought rain and no wind, which was really good. So everything's like it's still a little bit wet um, out here. And the country's just, yeah, chockers full of grass. Oh, that's so good to hear. Um, did you have a few dry years, I'm guessing? Uh, last year was all right. The year before that was very dry. Yeah, so it's good to see good to see seasons like this. Yeah, I um, yeah, lived up north a, a bit and it just brings the country to life, the rain. It's, it's just such a beautiful time of year when it does and it lifts everyone's spirits. So it's so great to hear that things are looking great at Coweta. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see. Um, Camille, do you see um, some challenges moving forward in the industry? Um, in the live export industry, I would say not challenges, but I think we have to um, continue making sure that we're proactive, uh, which we have been as an industry, but I'd like to see that continue. And I think for a lot of people that can sometimes be a challenge. Yeah, I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges and, and being able to adapt. Obviously, going through COVID, no one really knows what's coming. Um, 
or yeah, no one knows what's going to happen. But um, yeah, we have to be quite flexible, which is hard um, as an industry to be so flexible. But so far, we've we've done really well. So I'd like to see that continue. Mm, yeah, and do you think that's an opportunity to to do so? Yeah, it's an opportunity to uh, grow as an industry, um, improve. Um, there's always room for improvement and change with the times, change with our consumers, change with their demands, what they want, what they want to see. Yeah, that's, that's a big opportunity for us. Mm, absolutely. Do you find it interesting when you do you ever make it to the city, first of all? But if you do, uh, actually connecting with with the public, do you find that there's certain trends that happen, um, especially around food consumption when you when you head there and get in touch with that? I very, very, very rarely go to the city, but um, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, so I wouldn't really know about food trends that much. Like, what's your closest, like, getaway? Is it Broome, that sort of area? Yeah, Broome, yeah. Do you try and get there a bit in the quiet quiet part of the year? Yeah, we try, we try and get there, like, every couple of months. Oh, awesome. Um, do you have any, like, stories? I'm going to think you have millions of stories, but for someone who just hasn't experienced life on a station, especially such a remote station that your parents have built up um where your parents and your family have built up to what it is today is there something that really sticks out in your childhood like have you always known that you wanted to stay on the station yeah I've always I've always loved it out here I've always loved the lifestyle um and being a family property um it's like it, it's definitely home so you're you're very like I'm very invested in it um because I want to see, um, I want to see it keep improving and, yeah, keep keep going forward. Yeah, so I'm very I'm very attached to the area, and I always I did go away for um, about five years. Um, but then, what did you do, my brother? Um, I actually had my own personal training business in Kandara, which is about ten hours from here, so I didn't go too far, but just went up there to get away did you plan on coming back or no I didn't I didn't set any plans to come back but I, every year I would still come back for um usually about a month to two months to help out with the mustering so I was still coming back but um yeah I sort of lived in Kanara and then after about I think it was five years I just had enough of town life and was ready to come back full-time yeah, I see. Oh, wow, what an experience up there. Surrounding, like, like you've been on a live export vessel, like, is there anything else that you really want to do? At the moment, no, because we're having a baby in October, so my focus is more on that than Korea at the moment. But um, I think I'm pretty lucky to have done and experienced what I have so far in the industry, and I'm definitely keen to experience more yeah uh congratulations and i also believe there's a big shiny ring on your finger yeah yeah wedding and a baby oh how how exciting how are the wedding plans coming along 
Yeah, good. Yeah, we had to change them a bit because, um, yeah, I'll be quite pregnant when we get married. But, um, yeah, we're just going for a small, intimate wedding now rather than the big one we'd originally planned. Oh, how beautiful. Will it be on the station? No, we we were wanting to, but um, it's so hard to get um, anything out here with it being so far from. Oh, I think Dad would distress too much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I can't put him through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's just so exciting to me. I'm sure you're going to have so many people following that story as well on your Instagram. Do you plan on sharing a bit of it? Yeah, I'd like to, yeah. Is there any, like, strategy to your, like, Instagram, like, your posting or anything like that, or is it more just you just happen to have this great content and just share it as as you go? Yeah, I don't I don't follow any strategy. Um, like, the last month I've been terrible at posting just because we're so busy, so it's really whenever I get time I'll post something, Um. Yeah, there's no no strategy to it at all. Well, something's clearly working. I just want to touch on um, both of us being young women in agriculture and yourself being in a leadership role in quite a remote part of Australia. How have you found that? Like, What has been your experience? Um, it's definitely been a learning experience for me. Um, I've had to change... Um, the way I lead a, a lot from when I first started as head stockwoman. I originally just found that um, because I'm quite short and obviously a female, a lot of the male um, stockmen found it hard taking orders from me, um, which was really challenging for me because I... Um, I wasn't the most confident when I first started out. But as I've been in the role for a few years, my confidence has grown and I've I've just developed my leadership skills so that I guess just originally I was just very hard because I thought I had to be very hard for people to listen to me. Um Whereas I look at my brother, who's the manager, and he can give orders but still be best friends with the stockman. And I just found that very hard because if I was too friendly, they just wouldn't listen to me. But I've changed my leadership, my leader uh, skills in the last few years. And yeah, it's a lot easier for me now. And I guess as my confidence has grown, that's sort of shown. But, yeah, it has been very hard and sometimes I do still struggle. Um, if we get a new crew and there's a lot of guys, I do still have to feel like I have to prove that I am capable as a woman, which I feel I hate having to do. But, um, yeah, I think as women working in roles like this, especially physical roles, you do have to prove that you're just as capable as them and sometimes even more capable. Um, yeah. But it is definitely doable and I see a lot of women in leadership roles um, and that number of women is growing more and more every year, which is great to see. Yeah, wow. What a, what a challenge and good on you. You've obviously um, earned their respect. 
In terms of, like you just mentioned, other women in leadership roles in agriculture, like do you have any, any mentors or people that really inspire you um, as a leader? Um, I would say Annabelle Coppin would be one. Um, she's at Yarry Station. Mm -hmm. um, she's definitely a mentor to a lot of women in this area. Um, and then uh, Fiona Baird, who I did a boat with, a livestock vessel with. Um, I think anyone who's met her would agree that she's pretty, she's pretty tough and she... Yeah, she has really earned the respect that she gets in the industry. Um, so I did I did a boat with her last year as well, and that was really a great learning experience for me, um, learning how to be a stock, an onboard stock person, but also learning how to run a crew. Um, yeah, so they're probably my top picks. Yeah, and Fee is also a livestock leader. I think you've just dobbed her in. She might have to come on and do an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure um, she wouldn't mind. <laughs> no, I, I think she'd love it. I, I bet that boat trip was just so much fun with her as well. Oh, it was the best two weeks ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But their leadership qualities, like what sticks out to you? Like why are they the leaders that they are? Like you said that Fee's very tough. Like um, what else? Uh, tough, confident in their abilities and what they're doing. They don't take any nonsense and they're the kind of women that once they start talking, you instantly start listening. So it's just the way that they come across. Um, but I definitely think that's something that it's a skill that you learn with practice. So hopefully I'll get there. Yeah, Camille, I think you definitely are. You come across as a very strong, capable young woman and it's an inspiration for me and I'm sure to our listeners as well. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. Oh, thank you so much. A very big thank you to our audience for listening. Um, if you enjoyed this one, make sure you go back and check out all of our previous episodes. And, of course, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you haven't already, follow The Cattleman's Daughter on Instagram. She has some really great content.